You're listening to the Creatively Connected Classroom Podcast, episode number 32. Welcome to the Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet, connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler. Hey everybody, this is Matt and Laura, and welcome to another episode of the Creatively Connected Classroom. We have yet another amazing artist person to talk to. and um, uh, Artist, author, educator, now administrator, Michael Bell is with us, so it's really so exciting. <laughs> we welcome you, Michael, and we're so glad that we've, we've had a chance to know you the past three years, three four years. years. Or so, yeah. So, and we've loved it, so... Well, it's been a pleasure getting to know the the both of you too. It's been a fantastic journey, and uh, even seeing uh, your rise uh, through all the things that you're doing to promote art education. It's exciting. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. So, well, with that, can you just uh, you have this really rich story, and we'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, just all of your story, not just the art education piece and educator piece, but just who you are. Sure. Well, yeah, I won my first art show at, at the age of five and uh, I, I kept going. I was one of the few people that stayed an artist, I guess you, you would say <laughs> out there. And, and I've always championed that when I was, when I was teaching, I championed that among my team and now as a, as a supervisor, I'm championing that among a whole district full of teachers, which is really exciting to stay an artist first, because I think that's where the passion that you have for your craft and the dedication, it'll instill in your kids when they see you doing it first. And I think that's so important not to lose that along the way. I don't know how many teachers I've run into that they're spending their days spending I mean, you're devoting so much time. I I refer to it as selfless service for someone else's success. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's so important for them to also see you having success as an artist so that you can also pave the way and they can ride the ride along with you, which is what many of my students did. And now uh, they're doing phenomenal things. Uh, One of them just had a a huge first solo exhibition in Paris and now in New York and is very prominent in the art world. And Jerry Saltz, who I had mentioned when we were doing the book talk, he, yep. he, he reached out and he said, uh, he said, you know, Louis Fratino, he, I just mentioned him in this piece. I said, yeah, yeah. He was one of my students. He said, that doesn't surprise me that <laughs> <laughs> he's phenomenal. But, but Shout that's out what, to Jerry, though. We are trying to get him on this yeah, podcast at some him. point. <laughs> <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's that's but it, that's what it's about. It's about doing this together, just like you and I. We we've met and and we've been riding this wave as well, where we're bringing more people on board. We're bringing more energy into the craft, into the profession. Uh, champion in visual journaling, the stuff I've been doing with Thirty One Nights, uh, with my pals in the Journal Journal Follow Junkies, and all all the stuff that they do as well. So it's it. We're all one. You know, we we're are. all one. Oh, yeah. We're we're a big team. <laughs> I would agree. So. Not to dig too much into your personal life, but you didn't yeah. always have it easy as a kid. Um, how did you stick with education and specifically art? 
Uh, I, I would say that I was someone who, much like many of the kids that I would definitely connect with right away, uh, I was someone who was fueled by tragedy. I was fueled by the things that weren't necessarily going right around me. And so I've always used that as, as a, a passion of mine. And it's something I would identify right away in kids. And mm-hmm. it, it's very easy for me to see. I'd, I'd see the same look I had been staring at in the mirror, you know, for yeah. how many years. So you recognize it. And so I've always just wanted to try to catch kids before they fall, before they get to a certain point. And, and also to give them some hope and find help them find a creative outlet for the very destructive things that might be going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll let you ask a question. Cause I have so many, <laughs> I tend to dominate sure. this, these conversations. I just get really excited. Uh, is, I just love listening fun. to it. So you're, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of questions too. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's like, where do you go? Because, well, just thinking about you, you mentioned the journal fodder junkies. One of the things that, Matt and I have seen, and and we love, you know, connecting it to all classrooms, not necessarily just the art room, but journaling in particular is, is huge for problem solving, for self-esteem, for working through those, those traumatic events. Why are you such a champion for journaling? Well, for, for me, I always, I always worked in a, I always worked in a sketchbook. And so it was a way to give voice to everything that was going on in my life. And it would also turn into a, a process behind the scenes that would lead to a much larger final products. It was where I would really find out who I was. And what I discovered with working with kids in the classroom, of course, too, is that you can find out exactly who they are by looking into those visual journals. Now, you have to allow it to be a place where risk-taking is king, where they've got to be able to step outside of their comfort zone and know that that's okay. Because our kids today are censored in so many areas of their life. There's really no way to, to, no place to escape. So for me, I always allowed that visual journalist be in that, that place where that's their safe haven. That's a place to go. And I also found that by prompts by creating exciting prompts that would dig a little deeper and unpeel and unmask layers and layers of meaning, I would find out more and more about who who they were as an artist. And then it would also help pave the path. Talking talking about Louis Fertino, for, for example, he was someone who his sketchbooks were amazing. He did these really cool, what, what you would equate to a doodle, you know, where he would just fill the page with these doodles of all these uh, little figures. But his formal, his portraits were, while as amazing and realistic as they were, and he was following a very similar path with, with me. I work very realistic and very large scale. I said, you know, there's a disconnect between mm-hmm. your, your visual journal and what the work you're producing. I said, you should be, these works are good enough that you should be creating them on a larger scale. Mm. And he thought I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He did. He thought I was nuts and he started to do it and it freed him up. And then he, he explained to me how, when he was in a sophomore year in college, a professor, he started tightening up again and a professor shared a similar thing with him. And he said, oh, he said, 
this is must be what uh, Michael Bell saw many years ago. And he must have been on to it then. And maybe that's the direction I should head. And that's exactly the direction that he ended up going, which is, it's truly amazing. That's awesome. You know, you, you brought up 31 nights and, and prompts. How did you, I guess, come up with the idea for using the prompts and using those in your classroom for sure. your students? Well, for me, I was always more like a, a coach on the field, even in the classroom. And, I, and I'm the same way as a supervisor. I'm all about the champion and that energy and getting some, you know, getting some energy behind something. And for kids, what I found out was that a lot of them would ask me the question, you have a style, your work has a style. I know what you is when I see it. How do I find mine? And what I realized was that kids just weren't doing enough work to, to, to find it. That was really the problem. So creating something like 31 nights where they had 31 consecutive nights of creating something. And I mean, listen, I, I would say if you can only give me 20 minutes, then just give me 20 minutes consistently every single night. It's like working out. It's stepping up to the plate, showing up for the process is very important, but don't skip around because if you start skipping around, what will happen is we won't see any actual growth over time. We won't be able to gauge that progress. So my initial goal, it was almost an experiment to see if, number one, would you get better over time, which, which you do because you're, you're dedicating your time and spending more time with something over the course of 31 nights. But not only that, all of a sudden you would start to see familiar patterns start to emerge in the work that it was things that would happen naturally. Like I would notice in one student's sketchbook, for example, Maddie, she had the sketchbook where she started blackening things out in little boxes and little rectangles and little squares. Well, it was a reflex. It was a natural mm -hmm. thing that was occurring, but it would have never shown its face in the larger painting she would be creating later on had it not been for finding it first in that visual journal by producing enough work to even see it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, yeah definitely. Mm -hmm. We talk about growth over time in education in general. And the, the one thing that's really beautiful about being an art educator is that you can see it. You have these portfolios or even looking through the visual journals or the sketchbooks with kids, you can see it when they are. And I love that you use the, the term as a coach on the field, because I think that arts, especially if you're a theater teacher or an art teacher, a music teacher, we are more facilitators of that. And we understand that process of, of facilitating and coaching and being able to step back when it's needed and yeah. let them do their thing. And then when, I mean, I guess the question in this is when do you know when to step in and say, Ooh, we need to <laughs> redirect or this isn't, this isn't, I'm not seeing the growth that I want to see. Well, it, it really becomes, for, for me, if, if you're equating it back to the classroom, I was never somebody, I had my expectations. I mean, you could ask anybody that's ever worked with me that they felt the pressure of my high expectations, but it never showed its face in grades. If I ever had to have a conversation with anyone about a grade, I knew I lost them already. And, mm -hmm. and it needed to get back to the why. Why are we here in the first place? Why, you know, why, why am I supposed to be working with you? What's the point of all this? And if they don't understand the point of it, then there is a disconnect. And I think it's our job to step in when we realize that there, there is a disconnection. And I believe that as educators, that I don't care any way you slice it. If a kid's disconnecting, that's your fault. 
You have to own that and you have to find a way back into their world. It's no longer a world where we just expect everyone to connect to everything that we're doing. So we have to find a way in and that way in is not going to be the same with every student. And so I know people talk all the time about differentiating instruction and doing all these things. I mean, what it really boils down to is caring and it, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's that simple. Taking more time, treating that kid as though they were your own and doing everything in your power to connect them to something that you know is worthwhile for them to be connected to. So that leads into how do you how do you pull that out of teachers? Because, I mean, as a supervisor, we have a similar job. That is that is I mean, I feel like I'm a coach all the time with my teachers and I want I want them fired up. I want them passionate. I want them to know their why. Yeah. Why am I teaching? If you don't know why you're teaching, why? (laughs) There's a problem. (laughs) Absolutely. So, you know, I love that, you know, even in the beginning of the conversation, you talked about always performing and and having your craft be a part of your life. I mean, I know that I've mentioned this before, but I went through seven years as a, as an assistant principal where I wasn't making art. And I wasn't a whole person. And and I really, as a supervisor, try to model the art making to my teachers for that very purpose. So how do you bring... Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, you do a great job of that. I mean, you really, truly do. You you live it. You walk the walk, which is, that's what you want. I think as a leader, you, you have to walk the walk. I think that that's the whole... And our circles, my family, Matt, and the kids, we are all in this world and we're all walking the walk together. And that's really important. But <laughs> how do you pull that out of your teachers? You well, when, when I stepped into the role, I, I really wanted them to truly understand that I did truly care and that everything that made me a national award-winning teacher is also what's fueling me as a supervisor. Now I'm, I'm championing in teachers and I know what it is to win. And I know what it is to, to do all these great things. So I want to do it for them. Now, stepping into this new district, I also gave them a game. They haven't had a game before. They haven't been the new game in town. They haven't had (laughs) a spotlight shine on the great work that they've done for a long, long time. So they felt undervalued. They felt underappreciated and they, they're grateful that they have somebody that does care about them more than they could ever possibly know. We just started up a huge uh, art show, K through 12, at both high schools simultaneously the same week in the district called Art Scene. It was huge. It was a tremendous mm-hmm. success for the first one. And getting back to that mentality of being a coach, I equated it when I was pitching it to them. And I said, listen, a kid will show up for practice and work hard for a couple hours every single day for their coach, but not if there's not a game. They won't show up every day for practice if no one's ever going to see them in a game, their family, their friends, they have no. So why are kids showing up in your classroom every day and expected to work hard for you in art? Well, they may like your curriculum. They may like some of the projects that you're tossing and some of the ideas you're throwing their way. They may like you as a teacher. But if there's a game, that end result, that external result, some other reason to create that somebody's actually going to see this. I mean, when I went out there, I was so proud of them. I mean, I saw they just they brought it and mm-hmm. there, there was kids creating art live. There was kids working on the potter's wheel, kids doing live paint demos. I mean, 
And I asked some of the kids, I said, have you ever created in front of this many people before? They were like, no. (laughs) And they loved it. I mean, it's so cool. They had a game. So I I think getting back to your question, how do I, I do that? I mean, I share with them the passion that I have for it, but I also, I'm all about action. I never, I never bring something to the table. I never talk. I, I, I just act. I give them, I give them results and I, I give them a clear cut vision on what I see is important for us as a district. Visual journaling is one of them. Mm-hmm. Being a team, being a team together on the journey yep. is another one. And realizing that everybody everybody's going to get a chance at that spotlight. Everybody's going to get that opportunity. So I've just been trying to champion them and putting their great work out there as much as I possibly can, probably more so than most supervisors in, in my area. So I'm doing the best I can for them. That's all, that's all I can do. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> I think we're kindred spirits. <laughs> we are. We are. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> You got one? No. No. He's no. Just, he just, I just he's, say in awe. He's just, just, <laughs> just, you know, awestruck. Um, well, I mean, it, it's fun. And it's, it, it is, I getting back to what you were saying about the art making too. Sure. It's difficult to keep that process alive while you're, you're doing all these other things. I had one of my deputy superintendent was asking me the other day, do you, do you miss being in your studio daily? And I said, not really, because I, I believe that our studio is, is surrounded with the people that are in our profession all the time. If I'm walking into an elementary art teacher's studio or classroom right. studio, that's my studio too. Yep. I'm inspiring them. They're inspiring me where it, it it's everywhere. And I think that it, it's just important to find your moments where you do have a little time to create and you do have a little time to connect with, with your own process. It, it, that's important. Oh, I mean, I've, yeah. I found myself, I, I got a, a nice big brand new journal for Christmas and I've been finding myself using that so much more in the classroom, working through, you know, whatever the kids are, whatever their project is, I'm working on mine too at the same time. And I've, I mean, I found more growth in myself just the past six months. That well, and I think what I've heard from you is that it, the, the side-by-side working and just like what, what Michael was saying is, you know, when I go into a classroom and I sit down in an elementary art studio and I sit down to a kid I've never met and I start making something next to them, it opens a door. It sure does. Conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and then you start asking them for feedback. I mean, I, I asked just last week, I asked two middle school kids. I'm like, hey, what do you guys think? What should I add to this? What should I not? And they were just kind of like, did this quick jerk all of a sudden. They were like, wait, you, you want my feedback feedback. you value me as an Mm -hmm. artist so absolutely and that's that's the mentality you want to create where you're all artists and Mm -hmm. you know i share that with my teachers all the time the first week when we were back i said when you go you step in that room for the very first time in that studio create right alongside of them Mm -hmm. throw all the throw all the initial rules and regulation stuff out the window have some fun getting to know them prompt them things like if you really knew me you would know find out about them when i look in the mirror i see do some self-portraits and inject some text into it find out some context if you if you start to learn their stories you'll be able to help them pull their stories out of them through different mediums different techniques different ways of going there and finding those narratives but it's important for us to also share our stories with them so that they understand that we're all we're all born from stories Mm -hmm. 
That's, I mean, it's, it's, it's so funny. I've just heard so much about narrative lately and it's, it's something that sometimes people are afraid of there. You know, I was speaking to a very young teacher the other day and she said, she's, she's afraid to tell her students anything personal. And I said, well, I, I, my opinion on that is that I am very open. I mean, that's very clear the way we live our lives. Everybody (laughs) knows everything about us, but I think, I think that was modeled to me. Actually, my mother was a teacher and she taught at my high school and I would be in second or third period and some kid would have had my mom first period and they'd be like, Hey, I heard what happened over the weekend in your house. Great mom, you know, but it's, it's, it's real life and they need to know that we're real humans that when they see us at the grocery store, we're just, you know, exactly. That it's not (laughs) weird. Yeah. 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 He's right over there. And and I think that when you make those connections, though, they become they become such lifelong connections. And even, you know, I was so happy just seeing when, when I was at the art scene shows this week, just walking around and seeing teachers that had never seen those particular students in that light before, Mm -hmm. you know, principals of the school coming up to me and saying, I had no idea this kid could do that. They're changing the perception even of the individuals that are in their building, just with exhibiting the work, getting it out there, regardless of whether it sells, regardless of whether it wins an award, that moment of being out there and being able to share a piece of your soul with the world. Yeah. That's, that's humanity at its best. It, it truly is. And we're, and we're as artists, I mean, we're courageous to be putting that out there. And I also think we're, we're, we're creating something often from nothing. And that's a hard concept for a lot of people to grasp. They can't understand and what it is that we do. So I think it's important for us to constantly show the world what yes. it is that we do. That's it's so important. Hey there, it's Susan from Education Closet. Did you know that we have five online classes to help you meet your PD hour requirements? Each arts integration and STEAM course has been recently updated and is now worth 25 PD hours. And podcast listeners get a special discount. Just go to educationcloset.com forward slash courses, pick your course and enter the code podcast at checkout to get 15% off any course. Looking forward to seeing you in class soon. Now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah. You know, um, going back to just sharing a part of yourself, you are a huge advocate for beyond the arts. You're a huge advocate for students with autism. And I know April is autism awareness month. I have one of my very best friends is an autism specialist and I love seeing all your posts. You're always wearing blue. Yes. (laughs) So, so tell us a little bit about why you're such an autism advocate. I mean, for kids that I, I think I know why, but I'd love the, the community to hear why. Sure. Well, it, it, it's really interesting how life comes full circle, doesn't it? I was <laughs> in uh, I was in 2008. Our son was our son was born in 2007, so he was one at the time. He's only one years old, and I was doing a autism. It was a Stars and Cigars benefit with all the cast members from The Sopranos, and I had auctioned off a piece of work, and they had signed it, and we had done a big a big thing. And we raised so many thousands and thousands of dollars that night. And the benefit was for autism. And the whole time I was there, 
I was learning about it and I didn't really understand why I was there though. Uh, I hadn't personally touched uh, upon it in, in my life in, in any way, shape or form really. And so I didn't know much about it. And as it turns out, by the time our son uh, turned seven, we received his first autism diagnosis, uh, his official one from Kennedy Krieger down in Baltimore. And so, of course, now, it, you know, it affected us in, in very personal ways. And I, I relate that experience to I would read this poem somebody had sent me when we when we got his diagnosis. And I wrote, I believe in me right above his door. Because I think instilling it, getting back to even the stuff we do with our kids in art, I think instilling belief is almost the most important job that we have on a daily basis with with kids, with any kid, whether they have autism or not. And somebody had sent me this poem. It was called Welcome to Holland. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Have you ever heard? Mm-hmm. It's a look it up sometime. It's really interesting because it uh, it talks about this family that. I believe they were they were scheduled to go to Italy. And so they bought all the books, they learned the language, they were prepared for their trip, yet the planes diverted and they land in Holland and no one's <laughs> no one's but they're also never leaving Holland. Oh wow. And so it was very I mean, it resonated because like with our son, it was, you know, he's, he's never leaving that. It's not something that it's not something where you you take a magic pill and there's a, there's a cure. He is who he is. And everybody who's on the spectrum, it's such a huge spectrum that everyone's so different and they have so many gifts. They have so many Mm -hmm. great gifts, but it's up for us to go into his world and find out what those gifts are, figure out even I would figure out just like with art, the patterns that he would emerge in his life where he would be telling me something through things he'd be watching constantly on television, whether it's books he'd be reading, whatever it is, I'd recognize the patterns in a very artful way. And so, so that's, that's my big connection to it. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely be wearing blue and championing his cause <laughs> uh, till the day I die. It's a great thing. Awesome. Well, I, just on this on the same note, you know, you have all these great pictures that you post of him and you boxing. Yeah, what's that all about? Well, it he you know he went through some rough patches with school. I mean, really rough, and where it, kids don't really truly understand that you know when when a child has their their differences uh, to to be accepting of them and for to love them for who they are at first and a lot of times that's not quite fostered in the classrooms either mm-hmm. with teachers and so before I wanted to get in front of any situations so he didn't have any bullying situations in schools and stuff like that and I thought well let's let's toughen him up my grandfather was a boxer let's try the boxing gym there was a boxing gym that opened up near us and one of the custodians that worked my building said he's a Brooklyn guy you'll get along great with him you should go down there so I did and he fell in love with it and the boxing actually helped him really come out of his shell Mm -hmm. and it really helped his self-confidence I mean he was going to the golden gloves matches I mean he he's living around a, a bunch of fighters and that's really what it's about. It's instilling that fight in him um, mm-hmm. more so than just being able to be a skilled fighter. It's instilling the, the fight that you have to overcome so many things in your life uh, that are so hard. And we both have, but his fight's different than mine and he has different challenges. So 
the boxing has really, it, it, it really, it really helped him in so many ways. So he'd been boxing for four years. He's pretty much taken this year off with my new job and he had to get braces so he couldn't go into the <laughs> ring. Yeah, that could be a challenge. Uh, but, uh, you know, he'll get back, he'll get back to it, but we, yeah. keep, we still keep it going and keep it in practice. And so for anybody out there, I'd say, give it a shot. It's not for everybody, but, uh, it, it's definitely, I mean, it takes a lot of courage to step into that ring against oh, yeah. some, someone else. And uh, he said, I felt alive in there. He said, for the very first time, he said, I felt so That's alive. Awesome. Uh, awesome. I, I, was so, I was so happy to be there and be a part of it. That's like wrestling. I, I can, I can yeah. relate to that. So I was glad to yeah. hear you talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Cause, yeah. yeah. Well, and our son, it, he's got some other challenges, not, <clears throat> not autism, but we've done um, Taekwondo for a long time, but then he started the acting thing and man, it, once a kid finds whatever lights them up, that yeah. is just, that is huge. And whether it be art or, or boxing or theater or whatever it is, they, sure. they got it. You got to help them find their thing, their passion. We do. And I think that's our, I think that's our job. I think our job is, you know, and I, I look at it as my job as a supervisor too now is to provide the opportunities to find a way to push back against a system of academics where, <laughs> where, you know, the visual and performing arts are really should be in the forefront. They, right. should, be, mm-hmm. they should really be first because that's self-expression. Everything else comes later. I mean, my, my students had over $10 million in scholarships the past five years I was teaching alone. We were averaging over $2 million a year. They had won all the national awards, national scholastic medals, and AEA Rising Star Award winners. It was because of the creativity it wasn't because they were academically sound that made them better artists. It's because they were artists that made them better academically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what, oh, yeah. that's what people don't, they don't realize the importance that way. We do. <laughs> yeah, I, we do. Just, we do. Just, you know, we it, it kills me to hear like, oh, well, you're not core or you're not, you're not academic. <laughs> like, mm. excuse me. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Everything, all the dots that are connected in our, in our, or creative endeavors just don't, it, it blows my mind. But I know that it makes me excited to know that there's people like you and um, a lot of our, our, our core base of listeners and friends that, that are all championing, you yes. know, the arts and, and the importance of the creative connections. So absolutely. Uh, we, we're doing it. We're doing everything we can for the kids and, and more so now, you know, for the, for the teachers too, so that we're, we're creating a, a safe place for them to do authentic work with these kids, to, to, to be professionals, trust them as professionals to, to give them the capacity, build the capacity in them so that they can go out there and, and run and do your thing and get out of their way and allow them to, to, (laughs) to, 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 to be doing amazing things. Yeah. I think before we wrap up and get some final words of wisdom from you, the the very last question you had in the chat was just talking about the new 31 prompt and it was called Ignite 31. Can you just kind of tell some people about that before we get to more? Absolutely. So I was actually having a, it was, it was a in, inspired by talking to a dance teacher in my district who was doing phenomenal things. And she said that she had heard about my 31 nights and she was wondering if, if there was a connection, if there was a way to do it with dance. And so I immediately thought, well, what if, what if a student did some type of a, you know, a dance related activity and videotaped it for say 30 
31 seconds, uh, you know, or something, something along those lines. And she was like, wow, that's a fantastic idea. You could even, then she took it further. She's like, well, we could even do it for longer. Um, every night they could be doing something, do a time lapse and that could last for 30 seconds or something like that. And you could do it, it for 31 nights. So that's where it came from. Just that igniting that spark, something that could be spontaneous. It's very difficult to create something quick. Although I have done prompts over the years with kids where we've created 30 works in 90 minutes and they'd be unstructured time, time draw. Yeah. Fun stuff. You'd be so tired afterwards. <laughs> oh, the, it, it is, it is, yeah. but, it, but it's intense. And I've done it yeah. myself where create uh, 30 drawings off of one work, off of one prompt or one thing. And so when you have an instructor calling out, okay, go, and you start drawing, and then they stop you after 30 seconds, mm-hmm. and you have to be stuck with that piece, whatever it is, it puts something inside of you that whatever mark I'm making, it needs to be intentional, needs to matter right in here, right now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so that's where some of that came from. That's where that, that Ignite prompt, it just, just something that sparked just all of a sudden having that conversation with that teacher, creative conversation. I love the idea because you really could pull it into, you know, one of our, yeah, anything, because our mission is really to pull creative, creative ideas into all classrooms and not just limit it to an art or a performing art room. So that's something you could absolutely pull into any classroom. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I can think of a lot of ways you could use it in ELA or Mm -hmm. man, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So as we part any, any last amazing uh, awe-inspiring additionals I, I think we'll have to have him back on <laughs> so i'd be good. happy to, i'd be happy yeah. to come back on anytime yeah. i would just i'll leave you with what i left you know left my left my own crew with at, at the end of my last february february pd and that was just just keep going it's it's important work that everybody's doing and everybody has a an important piece to play. They may not realize what it is at this given moment, but they need to really be connected to being very present for their kids and to keep going because they, they matter. You know, everything you do matters more than you even realize. So we got to keep going. All right. Well, Michael, we certainly appreciate you taking the time and uh, inspiring everybody, the listeners and us as well. We're, yeah. we're always inspired by you. So yeah. the feeling, feeling is mutual. Got nothing but love for all you guys. So. <laughs> Doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's so exciting. I mean, I just, inspiring is the best word. Yeah. I, I leave every time we do an interview with somebody, especially somebody we feel close to, I just, I feel pumped up for the week. I love yeah. doing them and, and getting excited and ready to go back to work. So Absolutely. thank you so much. So enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend and we'll talk with you later. Thank you so much. Bye, Michael. Thank you. Bye. Heads up, 7-Up friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it. Tag Education Closet and K-12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.